Hello everyone, my name is David Smith and this is the Armchair Commentary. On this week's episode, I'm joined by at amateur analyst from TikTok, also known as Zach Kelly, to discuss the free agent moves from a frenzied first day of NHL free agency. We also discuss a little bit of the off seasons going on and of course, the Montreal Canadiens. If you are not already, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast app. If you are looking for a different way to consume this podcast, we are available on YouTube, youtube.com slash armchair commentary. Check us out. Don't forget to like and subscribe to all the videos. And don't forget, like, subscribe, share. All of these are free to do. I greatly appreciate it. Anyone that takes the time of their day to listen. So without further ado, free agent friends. Back again, another episode, and uh, I thought after last week, uh, I had on friend of the show, Matt Slonway, talking about the way too early Seattle Kraken expansion draft kind of recap. Uh, I thought it was only fair to give uh, other friend of the show and uh, TikTok semi-famous uh homie uh, you're getting there uh zach kelly uh, amateur analyst a chance to come back on um in particular today because today is the last of the like major days before we start getting toward uh camps and openings unless i mean there's going to be people that hold out but today is free agent day so this is the day where the majority of the teams are going to be built out. So I wanted to start first um, by getting your thoughts on the bungled up expansion draft uh, process and maybe your thoughts on the team. I will let you know that I actually like the way they built the team, despite what everybody thinks. Um, but I'll, I'll let you get your thoughts. Welcome back. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me back. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, de- definitely at the time, I was one of those people that was like, what? Like, there were so many head scratcher picks that they made. Yeah. And like, yes, you could see that they were going for uh, building for the future by taking guys like Morgan Geeky over Niederreiter. But those exact picks is like, is Geeky going to be that good? But now seeing them hit free agency and make some moves, I mean, it makes more sense to me. But there were still some head-scratcher moves, like uh, uh, McDermott on L.A. I didn't understand that one, and I still don't. Like, I guess he's a character guy, but... Did he I, get I think, traded? Um, yeah, actually, I think he did end up getting traded. <laughs> but, I, like, I don't know. I, I feel like they missed the mark a little bit, but I understand the route that they were going. By not yeah. taking guys like Tarasenko and drew in and all those higher paid athletes yeah. um, because they could have had a great team out of the gate. And then it's kind of like rolling the dice moving forward. Vegas made off well and maybe Seattle won't. So I it, feel like they played it safer. It's definitely a, um, it's a character team. And on the show last week, we talked about how it was a blue collar team through and through. It's not really um, meant to hit you in the face with a bunch of flash. Um, it's more about um, let me show you like the lunch pail, let's go to work kind of team. And I think that's good for that market and starting out because you're going to need guys 
um, that fans are going to want to fall in love with. And you're not, you're not building around like Marc-Andre Fleury was the name in Vegas. People also have a little bit of revisionist history because William Carlson was not that big of a deal when he got picked. He's turned into that. He's fantastic. But when he got selected, he was not the guy that he is. Uh, And, and, you know, and people are like, oh yeah, but the other guys that are on there, it's like, well, okay. Yeah. You traded for your captain. You traded for Pacioretty. Um, You know, you signed some guys in free agency and, and all of that is good, but it's, it's really easy to look at what Vegas has done and say they killed the expansion picks when if you remember when that team came out it was like four lines built out of no better than uh second and third liners yeah and everyone's like well why are they playing this well and it was part of partly because they had a chip on their shoulder Mm -hmm. for being exposed but also because they were a identity team they knew exactly what they were getting into so uh what did you think about the show itself (laughs) oh my god I think it was awful. Like I and right from all of the picks being out beforehand. I know it's not entirely their fault. I mean it is because you got to be able to hold a secret, but they were independent journalists that got their hands on the picks and released them. So like I get that. Yeah. But you got to do a better job. And then right from announcing Kale Flurry as a forward and <laughs> the Carolina Panthers and the Anaheim Mighty Ducks and uh, whatever celebrity it was that they brought on stage and he whispered to Buddy or whispered into the mic or whatever actually happened. Hey, if I get your name wrong, just tap in. Like it it just, it didn't feel the same as it did with the Vegas expansion because I think they did a good job with that. Um, This one just wasn't, it, it just wasn't good. And I sat and I watched the whole thing just, that like it, yeah. it wasn't there matt um last week was uh one of the like i guess dozen people that didn't see the leaked list before uh watching the show so he found it to be uh interesting i thought they bungled it up and the nhl had a golden opportunity miss because they let that list out the list was the main thing for me i can deal with the cheesy um you know announcements and guys missing names yeah. but If you're going to remove the element of suspense, everything else needs to be flawless. Uh, I will give a shout out to Marshawn Lynch uh, with my boy, boy, Callie as the best uh, announcement. (laughs) Um, But, you know, is what it is. Um, Yeah, They blew it. (laughs) Straight up. I'll just put they blew it. Um, And that brings us to today. I'm going to skip over the draft because uh, if people want to check out draft stuff uh they should follow you on tiktok uh where uh you do an excellent job uh talking about uh everything prospects and up uh so definitely (laughs) definitely need to check out amateur analyst on tiktok uh 100 a must follow um so that brings us to today free agent day which let's be honest um is really the the big day in terms of like where moves are being made. There were a couple of trades that happened before that were big. Um, I don't necessarily want to touch on those because a lot of what has happened kind of makes those look paled in comparison. Although I do think it's hilarious that uh, Gostas Bear got sent um, 
to the desert for literally nothing. <laughs> they paid him to take They're it. Like, please go. <laughs> Where, <laughs> what are you getting back? We don't I, care. Yeah. <laughs> An Uber Eats gift card. Um, I, I have Cap Friendly up right now, and there's a couple of trades here that I didn't notice mm-hmm. uh, that must have just happened. Uh, Vanacek got traded. Okay. From Seattle. That back makes to sense. Washington. Really? For a second round pick. All right. Breaking news here on the episode. <laughs> yeah. um, that's, well, let's talk about why they had to do that. I, I that mean, was one of the biggest signings that happened today, I think, in terms of like wow factor for me, at least. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense because now they have Drieger signed up and he's 27. They have Grubauer signed up and he's an elite goalie. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, by the time that Drieger is done his contract, he'll be 30. And I think Vanacek's time's passed. So maybe they took Vanacek and was like, hey, if we end up signing Grubauer, the guy that we actually want, we'll trade him back, is maybe what my thought is. I mean, sure, man. They got a, they got a second-round pick in 2023 for him. And Washington gets their goalie back. Sure. Um there's also the Boston Bruins sending Daniel Vladder to the Calgary Flames, another goalie trade, um, and Will Butcher in a fifth to Buffalo for nothing. Amazing. These trades for nothing <laughs> uh, blow my mind a little bit. I, but, it's got to be flat cap, right? That's got to yeah, be. Of course flat. it is. Yeah. So. Um, Grubauer, <laughs> Grubauer surprised me. I'll be honest. Grubauer surprised me. And listening to some of the analysts today, it, it seems like it surprised them as well because the team around him in Colorado is a contender. They're oh. top notch um, for at least the next two years. Uh, then McKinnon's uh, sweetheart deal is over and they'll have to, <laughs> they'll have to figure something else out. But yeah. um, it, the team around him like... is like, they're, they're inked up and they're ready to go. And yeah. now they don't have a goalie. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's not like they didn't have the cap space for him. I mean, after signing McCarr, after literally having their entire team locked up, other than Tyson Yost, they still have twelve million. Yeah, I, and that's the... weird. Like, I, and now so a, a team that thought that they were going to be quite comfortable and got out of the little cap squeeze that they had with Landeskog being a question mark and McCarr being a question mark. All of a sudden, you have Frank Coos as your starter. And, I mean, Frank Coos is all right. <laughs> he's, he's not, not Grubauer, though. He's not Grubauer. I mean, 19-20, he didn't play at all last season. But 19-20, he put up a 9-23 in 34 games. So, I mean, Frank Coos is a decent goalie, but he's not Grubauer. It's weird. I don't, I don't know how you let Grubauer go. I don't know how oh. you let him get to this point if, if I'm – the abs i'm probably scratching my head wondering what happened there because you went from contender to uh a bit of a question mark and i don't mean that like disrespectful to the front end but you got to have a guy that saves the pucks uh even if you're scoring six yeah it's at this uh kind of it it feels like grubauer asked for a number and colorado came back with less and he was like i don't understand why you won't work with me on this you have the room and they're like well we're not good luck getting that elsewhere and he seattle's like hello yeah 30 million in cap space come on over and like there's no other options for goalies and free agency anymore 
I, I was talking before the show with one of my Boston Bruins fans, and I'm looking at their goalie situation going, Swayman and Vladders, who you're going to have to go for if you can't get Allmark? That's the only last option. And then they signed Allmark. Yeah. So now there's nobody. There is no goalies left in free agency that can play a starter or even tandem position. Like all the goalies, I, the majority of the goalie tr- contracts that were signed, I think are awful, by the way. Yes. But, but we could get into that. Um, and now, unless they trade for somebody, and there's not many teams with that two goalie setup that they did a couple of months ago, like Vegas or, or um, Carolina or any of those teams that were kind of a question mark with a couple of decent goalies, there's not a whole lot of that anymore. No. Um, I really think it's, it kind of speaks. The goalie market uh, disappeared. Uh, I was looking at it beforehand <clears throat> to see who would sign in Toronto. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I guess, um, I don't even remember who I had. I had someone else completely different, not Mrazic. And I was like, well, I guess they're going to be the, the guy. <laughs> and yeah. nope, uh, they went Mrazic, uh, which I find really interesting, especially at the number they signed him at. Yeah, I mean, Freddie got like 600K more or something like that. It's not very far off. And I think Freddie's a way better goalie than Mrazic. Mrazic got 11.4 milli on three years. And uh, they, I, look, I don't have anything bad to say about the guy. He's a solid, yeah. he's a solid starter. He belongs as, as an NHL starter, mm-hmm. but Jack Campbell earned the crease for those guys last year uh, was their best player in every single game bar none. And that includes a list of guys like Matthews and Marner and Tavares. And like, I'm talking not just the playoffs, I'm talking, you know, uh, regular season. He was easily yeah the most visible and important guy. And now you're bringing in Peter Mrazek who expects to earn the spot at some point, or at least to be given a chance to earn it. And what do you do? So now you're going to tell Campbell, look, I know that you're not making a ton of money here, but uh, Peter's going to compete with you and camp and whoever's the best goalie is going to win, or, you know, you're just going to split time with him because Mrazek doesn't want to give up the crease. That's my understanding is that he's an alpha and he always has been. And I don't know, maybe this is, maybe Toronto felt like this is a thing. I look at that uh, Leafs roster today versus the Leafs roster at the end of the playoffs. And it is a markedly worse team, uh, in my opinion. Hyman gone is a big loss. That's a huge Uh, loss. uh, Anderson, okay, I know how people like didn't love Freddie, but uh, Freddie as as your like other your one A was fine. Mrazic, okay, we'll call that a wash. Uh, Felino out is uh, I know he was there for a good time, not a long time, but uh, he was a guy they brought in specifically as a character guy. Yeah, they were like, we need some more grit and grime, and I mean the guys that they brought back to replace these guys are mostly on two way deals, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, the the big one that I can think of is uh, uh, Kempf. Yeah. Kempf was a good uh, pickup by them. He'll be able to play in the third uh, third line spot. But, I mean, they didn't bring in a whole lot. They I brought mean, in Bunting, <clears throat> and the big which, selling point on Bunting was he's played with Keefe and knows Dubas. <laughs> he did well. I mean, he had 10 goals in 21 games last year, and – 
he's a solid-ish player, but I don't I don't know. And they they lost not that Bogosian's a huge part, but they did lose Bogosian too on defense. And I their defense is still gonna be fine, but he was a good rotation guy who could come in and he knew what he was gonna do. Yeah. I don't think that they're the worst. They're they're still gonna compete for a playoff. The new divisions yes. <clears throat> are the old, I guess the old divisions. <laughs> Um, are going to make it tough for uh, the Leafs and uh, our Canadians to compete. Um, but I still think both of them will be in, in the mix. I would like um, to think so. The Habs had some decent pickups, um, at least in my eyes. And I, yeah. I might be, uh, and by might be, I mean, I am extremely biased uh, <laughs> in saying this. Uh, so I'm going to go full Homer here for a little bit. Uh, David Savard uh, as, a, as a pickup, uh, probably one of my favorite deals. Uh, and uh, everybody, I'll, I want to say this, everybody will always roast Mark Bergevin because some deals that he has given out have been trash. Like the worst deals you could possibly Olsner. give out. Yeah. Four at, what was it? Four and a half, three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Amazing. That's so palatable in yeah. terms of a deal for a guy that's going to slot in and likely play top four minutes. But there were, t- you know, I was listening to guys talk about how he's going to re- try to be the replacement for Weber. And I was like, no, 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 you guys are misunderstanding what's happening. Instead of running four D deep, they're actually going to try and run six. They're going, what a markedly crazy idea. They're going to spread the minutes out. So they don't need, um, they don't need to replace Weber with someone Weber-esque. What they need is someone who's solid and is not going to bone you on the back end that can do the things that Weber sort of did. I would love to see him playing with uh, Romanov, but I can also see Sherat Romanov as like a, uh, a smash and pound kind of (laughs) like uh, good luck entering the zone we will murder you kind of deep pairing there's all sorts of different ways that this can play out but i think romanov is going to get a solid opportunity to prove himself here we still have petrie as our lightest hitting defenseman (laughs) jeff petrie who in my books is probably one of the most underrated defensemen in the league um is you know is going to be the lightest hitting of the the bunch there and he's probably one of the more solid ones we have edmondson and uh Sherratt, savard yeah. like we're they're okay i love yeah. that pickup the defensively i mean there's a number of combinations that we can do in, in my eyes i think edmondson petrie is a lock i mean they played together all year last year and i think they'll be able to play that that top pairing together and then the bottom four is kind of uh, a miss uh, mix match. Like I could see Sharat coming down to the third pairing, Romanov playing second pairing left side, and then sliding in Kulak or Matthias Norlander onto that third pairing right side. And then you kind of split up the youth with a veteran guy, yeah. or you go with the two veteran guys and the two youngsters, which could work out too. I mean, and even though those are the pairings on sheet, that's not the pairing that's going to go out every single time because they're all usable players. Like uh, so far, it's not going to play 22 minutes a night for us. Like Weber did. No, and he doesn't doesn't have have to. to. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. He'll go out and he'll put in a solid 15, 16 minutes on a good night. 
And yeah. if he's having not so good of a night, we have guys like Petrie who can play 22 minutes, Edmondson who can play 22 minutes, and and guys who can pick up that extra time because we're so deep. And and I think that's what some people are missing. Like, yes, three and a half million dollars is a great contract. He's not a team make it or break it player. He is not a guy that really would push us over the limit, but we don't need that. We need another player that will fit the role and work with our system. And, and yeah. that's just how I view that. I mean, he, I made a video a while ago saying, you know, these are the players that I want to target in the off season. Hoffman was on that list. Savard was on that list. And I think I had um, Wenberg on that list, but I mean, that's rough. But <laughs> We got Chris Weidman on there as well. And I mean, that's not, and he's a power play kind of specialist when we've had, we've had that before. Um, But like, this is exactly what Montreal is trying to build. They're going, look, our, the bottom pairing of our defense of our defense will be a rotation. Mm -hmm. It'll be rotational. We'll bring guys that are going to play with some guys will play with Petrie and someone else and they'll play 10 minutes a night. And they'll be fine. You know, Romanov's got to learn first yeah. and foremost, but he's there. Uh, Hoffman was the big signing that um, I was hoping for. Oh, I, yeah. I also like Cedric Paquette um, kind yeah. of as, as a Greek guy. I don't know anything about uh, JSDA. They, um, he never really was a massively producing player, mm-hmm. but he's kind of a two-way center that will be a rotator like he he can come in and cover on injury but he's not a make it or break it guy I mean he's never really held down a solid NHL job but he's been playing for a long time and he produces well at the AHL level and the deal doesn't hurt it's like these are these are like roster fillers same thing with uh Louis Bill Pedillo yeah it's it's a roster filler at this point, not a roster filler though. As you mentioned, um, the one signing that I was crossing all of my limbs for was Mike Hoffman. Uh, yes. Apparently the Habs were rumored to be in on Hoffman last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hoffman opted to go St. Louis. Yeah. Um, and Even though I we think... offered a million more, I just yes. want to put that out there. Yes. But that's, <laughs> that goes to, I think that speaks to a little bit about the like, playing in Canada isn't as sought after in a league where the attention is largely driven from Canada. Mm-hmm. Most of our media in Canada is ruthless in Montreal in particular, it's ruthless. Um, and you know, if you're a guy that's not performing, then you will get called out and you'll get called out pretty bluntly and yes. usually in two languages. So <laughs> it's, it's not fun. Um, oh. But uh, I think he looked at his opportunity here and he said, all right, well, they went on a run. Um, they've got a lot of youth right now. Um, Kerry, even if he's hurt right now, uh, he's still got plenty of years left in terms of contracts. So uh, I assume he plays until he's almost 40. Yep. No, I agree. <laughs> so yeah. like there, there's plenty of things to look at there. And on a three-year deal, we finally have a veteran scorer who has decided to sign here and I couldn't be more happy with it. And like, 
you look around the NHL, and I and this might sound a little a little homer, but I genuinely don't know what other team we can look at right now with the wing depth that we have. I mean, on the left side, we've got Druen, Toffoli, and now Hoffman, right? And we're looking at guys like Paul Byron. Is he going to be good enough to make our lineup? We still have Lekkinen. On the right side, we've got Caulfield. We've got Gallagher, Anderson. Armia's going to be a fourth liner for us. He yeah. could play second line minutes on some teams. Yeah, for sure. And, and like down the middle is a bit of a question mark for us right now because yes, Drew or uh, Dano is gone, but I think it helps us and hurts us at the same time. It changes our forward dynamic a little bit, but the the biggest thing will be is Kokaniemi able to step up into that second line center position because I don't think we're signing anybody else for a roster spot. No. No, no, I don't either. So, so it seems that he's going to be sold on either using Kokaniemi in that second line center or moving on from Kokaniemi and picking up a player via trade. Like a, I say this regrettably because I'm not sold on the idea of it, but picking up or inquiring about a Jack Eichel. Um, but I am totally okay with having Kokaniemi play second line center. And then we have Evans or Paling who can fill in the third and fourth. And if one of them slumps, we have Paquette, who is an NHL player. Like, we have options. And I think Bergevin made a good move by being conservative with his cap. He didn't go out and try and splash on a huge player. He brought in two solid pieces. And with Weber going on LTIR, Paul Byron, I don't think Paul Byron is going to be a Canadian next year. Um, I think he's going to have a new home, which is sad because I really do like Paul Byron. But if we move on from Byron, Weber Weber goes on LTIR, we still have 10 million in cap. Yeah. And Uh, that'll sign a Suzuki. That'll sign a Romanov. And then we're we're golden. I think um, we often, as Habs fans, we get stuck in this weird um, spot. Uh, I love Thomas Placanich unconditionally there is no reason for me to love that guy as a player because in terms of production he's very limited he's a d-zone face-off specialist uh, who occasionally can scrape together a goal he's going to give you 10 to 15 a year and he did it all the time but when they talked about trading him it was like ripping my heart out Paul Byron is the same way in my eyes. I love the speed that Byron brings, but he's never put it together uh, for long periods. He's had flashes where he's like four or five games in a row and he's putting up a goal or two. It's like all of that is like amazing. And I'm never going to take away the like incredible from the knees uh leaf shorty uh you know like he's he's got some incredible goals and he's wheels for days yeah i don't think we need him no we don't need him. jake evans is fast too yeah anderson is a bull in a china shop guy is so fast there's not there's not a need for a burner who has little finish at this point and i'm not trying to be uh hateful towards our guy i love byron but we we fall in love with players. This happens to a lot of my friends who are Leaf fans as well. They fall in love with guys for no, like inexplicably. Um, 
it doesn't happen as much. I, I think Ottawa Senators fans do it too, but I don't think it happens as much out West. Maybe yeah. Calgary. Maybe Calgary is like, you know, <laughs> when they, when they traded Dion, they're like, uh, Dion, you know, uh, why? And then it was like, well, he's a pylon. That's why. Cause he, <laughs> cause he's not, he's not good anymore. He's not elite. That's why he's yeah. gone. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. I, I hope that he gets an opportunity elsewhere to perform. Um, I feel the same way about Phil Deneau, who you mentioned signed with the Kings uh, for way too much money for way too long. Exactly. Uh, Welcome to free agent uh, day. (laughs) This is what happens. So Phil Deneau signing, was it six years and five by five and a half? Yeah. And like losing... Uh, losing Dano and probably losing Byron does change our team identity a little bit because those are two of our best penalty killers, but we still have Armia. Suzuki had time on the penalty kill. Evans had time on the penalty kill. So Lekanen. we've got Lekanen too. Exactly. And we still have elite penalty killers. Evans was arguably just as good as Dano on the penalty kill. He had, fantastic killing and a ton of time doing it he was the second penalty kill unit and Toffoli did some time on the penalty kill when Suzuki went out for that third shift and I think now we'll just see that shift up one now we'll see Evans take over that first unit Suzuki will play the second unit and then you've got Armia who you can put there Toffoli who you can put there you've got so many depth two-way forwards that are still solid two ways and Hoffman will immediately help the power play as well. And I think we have a ton of options for power play now. Um, I, I don't think Corey Perry's coming back. Oh, I um, really want him to, but I don't see where he plays. Exactly. And what, what really stood out to me was the Paquette and Day signings. To me, Paquette will be what Corey Perry was for, for next year. Because Corey Perry would have been a rotator. I don't think he would have been a regular. But that's a guy we're losing off of the power play. Uh, but putting Hoffman into that position, I, it's an upgrade. It just is. Yeah. So. I, um, I, won't, we, I mean, we won't spend forever on the Habs because uh, yep. I, we do have a ton. But I, uh, I am really sad if Perry doesn't come back. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. It's, uh, he is not because he did anything particularly well or bad. Uh, he just, again, you fall in love with guys inexplicably <laughs> and he's just like a total goon that went out there and like mixed it up. But that's why we love Gallagher, except exactly. Gallagher, except Gallagher can score when he's not, you know, <laughs> nursing seven injuries at once. Yeah. Um, I want to, uh, shift down to the team that beat uh, the Habs in the Stanley Cup final. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tampa somehow looks like they got better. (laughs) And I like, I don't know how to say this. Like, so I know people are going to point, they're going to be like the entire third line is gone. Uh, They, they can't be any better. They lost, you know, Goodrow and uh, Gord and I'm missing the third guy. He went today. Coleman. Coleman. Okay. So all three guys are very good. Mm -hmm. Um, but they weren't going to stay and everybody knew that no. the lightning bring in Brian Elliott on a one-year deal. Yep. Solid. Okay. Uh, Charles, you don't, if uh, you remember correctly, at <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like next to nothing roster filler, fill in if you need it. But, yep. but the main point is he's cheap. 
Super exactly. cheap. So cheap. Exactly. And that's what Tampa loves. Yeah. Uh, Braden Point re-ups uh, for exactly what he's worth. Uh, totally worth it. Doesn't that make the Marner contract look awful? Yes. Yes, it does. A hundred percent. But we'll we'll get there because I, I have to LOL at the Leafs one more time. Uh, we'll talk about the Bruins when we get before we do it. Mm-hmm. They bring back uh, Bogosian. Yep. Uh, Bogosian, I think he was there before and that's why he came yep. back. Yeah. So he like on a very three friendly years. year, three year at 2.55, not per total. Yeah. <laughs> what sure. a deal. And uh, P.E. Bellamare. Great pickup. Uh, huge pickup. Two years, two mil. Yep. Like, so they bring in guys to fill out. So there are fourth line guys who uh, arguably were improving anyway. Um, who was the, the French guy they had down there? I forget his name right now off the top of my head. Um, anyway, they had a couple of guys that scored some goals. Uh, mm-hmm. They offload Tyler Johnson, I believe, today. Yep. So they've got space now and all of a sudden they're still, I think they're still over technically. Uh, Once Seabrook goes on to LTIR, they'll have some cap space. I mean, right now they're sitting at uh, 85, uh, 370 or 85,370,000. Yeah. Which yeah, is over, but they've got Seabrook and he'll go on LTIR sooner than later. And then they've got some more cap space to maybe sign another third liner, maybe sign another fourth liner kind of a thing. But did they not get better though? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> does it, do and, you not look at this and go, well, where are they weak now? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, they lost a ton of players. They lost Gord. They lost Johnson. They lost their whole third line. Like you're looking at a team that lost five players and I'm still like, like what do we do? <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. This uh, this team is clearly built to compete, and I think they'll. Um, I don't know if they'll threepeat. I'm not going to go out on a limb because that uh, repeat is impossibly hard. Yeah, repeat is unheard of. Like, yeah, no, it's tough. We haven't seen a threepeat. I don't think maybe the Islanders in the '80s. Yeah, the Islanders um, was the last team. So like, it just doesn't happen. Uh, so I, I would be amazed, but they got better. Yeah, got better, and I, I'm you know super impressed with uh, what they did. Um, the Bruins made a couple of pickups that are, I think, a little bit. They're Bruiny. They are Bruiny. They are Bruiny. They picked um, up Foligno. He fits. Uh, they picked up Forbert. He fits. He fits. Yeah. Eric Eric Halla. Same thing. Yep. Um, and I know I'm missing somebody, uh, Groznick. Yep. I think I, yeah. Groznick or, uh, Thomas Nosek. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I like the pickups they made. I mean, Felino may be a little bit too pricey for my blood, but. Allmark is too pricey for my blood. Allmark is a little too, well, it's tough, right? Like I definitely wouldn't have went balls to the wall to sign him, but they kind of had no. Other yeah, choice. like you mentioned, who else is available on nobody goalie deals? There's... If you're if you're Yaroslav Halak, are you pissed off? You took one and a half uh, one year right now. Yeah, <laughs> given that like other guys were taking yeah. four yeah. five, and like I am, I'm really big on Allmark, and I don't think I think they signed Allmark to hope that he's 
good enough and then trade him in the future because Swayman's their goalie of the future. Swayman is their goalie of the future, but he's not ready for that full-time step yet. And that's what I was talking about. Like Vladder is not there. He might be one day, but you need some sort of veteran presence because a young goalie is going to have his ups and downs and bringing in a guy who on Buffalo put up a nine fifteen in, um, yeah, in 1920, 34 games played, he put up a 915. And then this year in 20 games played, he put up a 917 on Buffalo. I think if anyone that played on Buffalo deserves a pass for their last performance in Buffalo, I don't think you can look <laughs> at Risto Ristolainen and go, that guy's no good. And yeah. under, you have to understand where they are. Linus Hallmark had nothing in front of him. And I mean, like, nothing he's you know he's playing with like a bunch of guys with dead contracts dead souls no spirit everybody's like deflated the entire year in fact i'm pretty sure i read a twitter um like timeline that was like outlining how the um sabers had no goalies signed at one point they Actually, right now, have zero goaltenders in the NHL. The only two goalies signed in their entire organization are Uko Pekalukkanen and Dustin Tokarski. Ooh, little throwback <laughs> to Tokarski. Yeah, little throwback. I heard David to Ayers is getting a $3 million deal uh, with <laughs> Buffalo. Oof. And Lukanen's probably going to be good one day, but if they throw him in now, they're throwing him to the Wolves and they're going to ruin his career. Yeah. Plain and so- simple. So the Bruins did brew any things and yeah. uh, they also look very good. The Taylor Hall pickup to me um, is probably the move uh, that they needed to make. Yep. They um, saved it. Hilariously enough. Um, I saw a tweet and I don't have it in front of me and I wish I did. And they were like, they, they put the contracts of Matthews and Marner and I think that was it just Matthews and Marner up against Bergeron, Marchand and Hall and (laughs) it's not even close close. and it's like so are you giving up um, this is what happens when you're forced to pay to play when when you're when you're a team that hasn't had a ton of playoff success in a long time and you finally get the pieces you need you have to pay the money to keep you back up the truck and you keep them happy unfortunately in a cap league that means that you have to build like the way this team the way the leafs have been built is not conducive to long-term sustainable success they are a team that is very talented very talented and i need that to be clear before anybody comes in the comments and sits here and goes you can't blame the the best regular sit i don't care they're not built to win anything yeah they're not built from they're not built from the net out they're not built any traditional way the only way that they're built is with five top end guys trying to buy it. it's it's it reminds me of the like early 90s when the rangers would just be like uh we got mark messier now <laughs> and yeah. you're like what do you mean and they're like oh we just we gave him a bunch of money yeah. now he's now he's ours and you're like <laughs> well how are why can't we do that and they're like uh you're in canada you only got like a little bit of money we're new york we got all the money and it yeah. was like 
I hated it as a kid. I was always yelling at the like, but they're just buying the Stanley Cup, and they did. Um, yeah, that's what it reminds me of. So I, uh, Leaf fans, I feel your pain because you have uh, some of the best talent in the world, and you're doing nothing with it. Yes, and the and the, the big thing for me is you look at all the top contending teams in the league, and you look at the roster, and you know exactly what you're get going to get from them this year and next year. The Leafs. It is completely luck in the offseason because they're forced to sign so many guys to plug up their bottom six because what they need to do every single year until the cap raises or something changes is they need to take these players that are a maybe like some player with some some good upside like picking up Galchenyuk. That was exactly and they need to make 14 of those every single year to fill out their bottom six to possibly have a chance. A team doesn't win off of a good top six because uh, uh, then if you have a really, really good, really highly paid top six, they're not playing 60 minutes a night. There are going to be times that your bottom six is out there and you need to have a solid bottom six. And there's going to be so many players coming in and out of the Toronto Maple Leafs throwing money at Joe Thornton. That one, unlucky throwing money at uh, Spezza, lucky, good one, throwing money at this guy, at that guy, and they just need to hope that they hit with a bunch of lucky ones, and then they'll have a good year. Next year, all those lucky ones will be gone, and they have to hope to do it again. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, tough, it's tough. I don't know how they do it. I don't know <laughs> if they can do it. Um, the I know that we briefly touched on them. The Seattle Kraken made – a bit of a splash, uh, not just in uh, net. Uh, they picked up Jaden Schwartz. Um, did. I just want to, so in the division they're in, it's incredibly winnable. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. so they add Grubauer, Schwartz. Um, they picked up someone else that was, they picked up Wenberg. Yep. That was um, a good pickup. Um, like, I mean, they I look don't. like they're going to do it. Like, not do it, but it looks like they're going to be a good team. Yeah. Not a great team, but a good team, good enough team. Because you look down the roster and they're they're built through. Like, yeah. Everly, yep. Schwartz, Gord, Wenberg. Those four players, four good, solid players. And they're, they're good players to have in a roster because they're versatile. Yeah, They don't have that top-end talent. But, I mean looking at the picks that they've made that are going to be on the team, looking at the draft or the free agent pickups that they have, I can't sit here and say that they're going to be awful. They're definitely not going to be as good as Vegas when they first came into the league. I don't think, but they have players that can possibly be the, the Carlson. I mean, guys like uh, Mason Appleton guys like Colin Blackwell, like those two, I are the two that stand out to me of having the potential. Where if you just go, all right, boys, it it's the Wild West. Go get your minutes. The hardworking guys like the Appletons and the Blackwells and the Jared McCanns and the Wenbergs, I, giving them enough minutes, they might be able to do something. So yeah, um, 
I want to, uh, I mean, there's, there's so much to cover and we won't get to it all. So, so I apologize <laughs> um, again, but that's why you follow Zach on TikTok because he'll be talking about this. I'm pretty sure for a while, as people ask him, he does have a, a Q and a spot on his TikTok. You can ask him, uh, what is Edmonton doing? What, like, <laughs> what? I, so, I've i never seen a team, sorry, really quick before you get into it. I've yeah. never seen a team both sell the farm and get worse in the same offseason. So you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. You go into the playoffs and you blow it. You, you, you try to play defensively but that stifles your two offensive stars. You try to play offensively. You've got no one to stop the puck, no defense to be seen. Your main defender is out for the year. Clefbaum's gone. He's gone. Done. You're not going to see him. So what do you do? Your best defenseman, you let sign with the expansion team. Also gone. So now he's gone. So there's two defensemen gone. You bring in the corpse of Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith, who was relevant when Zach was a teenager, uh, <laughs> is is now in. I, I, there are there are kids, like there are people like myself who have children who were young when Duncan Keith was relevant. Yeah. The guy, I, and I don't actually hate the signing. I think it's important to bring him in and, and bring some of that veteran leadership mm-hmm. and actually mentor guys and show yeah. them how to play the right way. I just don't like that they gave what they gave up to get them. I think it's yeah. too much, too much salary, too much everything. I like, Oof. yeah, I totally agree. Bringing in Keith, good surface idea. Bringing in Duncan Keith with no retained salary, still not the worst, but not not what you want. Giving up Caleb Jones for a Duncan Keith, no retained salary, yeesh. Yeah. Losing Larson after that, yeesh. Signing Cody CC. So Cody CC gets signed. Hold on, you forgot you buried the lead. Mike Smith comes back. Yeah, because yeah, but- he did. So like, I don't hate Mike Smith, but no. are we? Are we like that's the best we like before that's all the goalies were option? gone? That was your best option. So we go Mike Smith, and then you bring in Cody CC to replace Adam Larson. You re-sign uh, Tyson Berry, who uh, I don't know if you know this wasn't any good to begin with. Uh, I I think Tyson Berry has his use on that team because he, he is very good on the power play. He's got a great eye for the ice. He's a forward. But he's a forward, man. <laughs> you need players to play defense. He's yeah. he's a great utility player for McDavid on the power play. Yes. But there's nobody keeping the puck out of your net. You put all of your faith into a 39-year-old Mike Smith who had the year of his entire career last year, and it's not going to happen again. Koskinen is so bad. He's so awful. He's a big mistake giving him that contract, and it is completely unmovable. They are going to be stuck with that contract for the entirety of, of time itself. But looking at how many goalies were shifted around and how many goalies went here, there, traded... Some teams signing multiple goalies. I mean, Carolina rebuilt their entire goalie core. They got rid of everybody and signed completely new guys. And you're telling me Edmonton couldn't get one of them. You so Edmonton signed Mike Smith early. 
They sign him on like the 22nd. Why? Unoffic- unofficially, I think, but or maybe yeah. officially. I don't know. I don't yeah, know if it he was, was allowed official. to. So they sign him on the 22nd. And again, I mention it. Yaro Halak <laughs> signed in Vancouver yeah. for less money. <laughs> yeah. You don't think you could offer that to Yaro Halak, who I like, I, again, I understand he's maybe not like the like elite of elite, but he's solid. There's plenty of guys out there who are so, Braden Holtby got a million or two million for a year mm-hmm. in Dallas to play as the fourth goaltender they have there. They have four goalies. Yes. You're going with Mike Smith. And then the and the, the piece de resistance as they go, well, we're going to have to get some more scoring because we don't have anybody to defend anything. So they yeah. grab Zach Hyman, a solid pickup for a lot of years. A lot of years. That's my issue. I think so, Hyman fits perfect on that team. I really like the pickup. I like Hyman. I thought I thought we should the Habs should have tried for Hyman. I would not have given him seven years, and I no. five and I think five and a half is a bit rich for what I would have paid on the Habs. I understand the logic behind it, but you've done nothing to help anyone. No, I don't know if you follow football at all, but Aaron Rodgers has recently been really disgruntled with Green Bay because they don't engage with him during right. free agency or the draft or anything. And he wants weapons so that he can play better. So he can win the goddamn super bowl. Right. It's not rocket science. Why wasn't, was Connor McDavid consulted on anything here? <laughs> they're like, no, I, uh, Connor, we're going to bring in uh, Zach Hyman. And he's probably like, great. And they're like, sure. don't tell him about anything else. Yeah. Just <laughs> leave him to be happy. Like looking at everything that they've done and going, yeah, I mean, I like that. They got Hyman. It's for too long and maybe too much, but I like the player. It doesn't make any sense. Like, um, even starting at the draft, like even before the draft, as soon as I saw that um, Keith trade, I'm like, this is going to be, this is just getting the ball rolling. And now, like, we've seen them fork out money for CC. We've seen them trade away Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear. For like, why did you get rid Fogel. of Ethan Bear? Like I, he <laughs> probably ended up requesting a trade because Edmonton Oilers fans uh, did say some not not all fans, not all fans, but there were a lot of negative comments toward yes. him after a botched play. Yeah. Um. So I understand from his point of view if he wanted to trade out, sure. But you cannot trade Ethan Bear, who was making two million dollars for the rights to sign a 25-year-old left-wing, right-wing Warren Fogle. Because now you have $1 million. They have $1,200,000 of cap space right now, uh, excluding Clefbaum, who actually they don't have on LTIRs. So maybe Clefbaum is coming back. But um, I don't think if, so. If Clefbaum goes on LTIR, they have like $5.2 million. If he doesn't, they have 1.2. They have to sign Warren Fogle and Kyler Yamamoto. Yeah. And Kyler Yamamoto is 22 years old. He is an NHL player. He's a good NHL player, and he's going to want decent money. He's not going to get his big boy contract, but he could warrant two and a half, three million bridge deal. Yep. And they can't even give him that. 
looking at this Euler roster right now, so you've got McDavid at 12 and a half, Drysaddle at eight and a half, Hyman at five and a half, RNH at five one, mm-hmm. Zach Cassian <laughs> as your fifth highest paid forward at three two. Kyle Turris at 165. Josh Archibald, Derek Ryan, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, and Devin Shore and Ryan McLeod. And then you've got two RFAs. What is this? What, hey. is, what are you doing with, like, so I guess the plan is Drysaddle McDavid, line one, and Hyman with one of the others, or RNH. Like either that or well, I I would say they would probably do I Pooley played time with McDavid. Sure. Uh so I could see their first line being Hyman, McDavid, Pooley and that's a solid line. And then Dry Saddle with Nugent Hopkins and I guess Cassian, which <laughs> is not a bad second line. Cassian is not the guy you want there. But I well, mean what would you rather put Kyle Turris there? Yeah, exactly. Because that's your option. Well, Kyle Yamamoto, Yamamoto is supposed to be there. I know. Yeah, that that would be the guy that I would love to have there. And you know what? That is a good top six. And then the rest of the team, the rest of the forward core, are AHLers and rotation players. And then on defense, they get even worse because it's Darnell Nurse at five six. Great Duncan, contract. Duncan Keith at five five. Awful. Also, also thirty eight years old. Tyson Berry at four five. Okay, in what world? And then Clef Bomb at 4-1. And if you had those four ready to play right now, I would say that is an okay decor. Nurse needs nurse needs help. Yes. When he's he's doing everything, he's 26. He doesn't mm-hmm. have anyone. He had no one to show him anything. Yeah. He's looking at Tyson Berry like, what do we do, man? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm mostly a forward. Yeah. Cody CC and Chris Russell are your are your next two down, and then they've got Bouchard and uh, uh, Legason. That's not a like whatever. I mean, like Cody CC had the best year <laughs> of his five. career. He had the best year of his career in Pittsburgh. He put up seventeen points in fifty three games. Was a plus eighteen. This was only like the third time in his entire career that he's been a plus player. I hate the plus minus that I don't use it as an anchor, but it is, it says at least a little bit. And like, yes, he did have the best numbers of his career last year, but he was also playing in Pittsburgh. He's 4% of their cap and he's 4% of their cap. And that is my favorite argument to a lot of things is cap percentage. I think Cody CC being at 4%, of your cap says a lot uh, looking down their lineup and seeing the cap distribution to all the rest of the guys. Zach Cassian is almost 4% of their cap. And it's just, you don't want 8% of your cap being Zach Cassian and Cody Cece, not to mention throwing another 6.8% of your cap at Duncan Keith. No. Who I think Duncan Keith might have an okay year this year. Um, he'll probably play with Tyson Berry. No, he'll probably play with Cody Cece. Um, and that's going to be the slowest uh, D pairing in the league. 
but I don't think it's awful. Next year is going to be terrible um, because he's still making 5.5. And how Chicago could trade Duncan Keith for profit when you're seeing guys like Gostas Bear who makes less having to be paid to be taken is beyond me. Yeah. It's um it is the most tirey fire of tire fires. <laughs> it like Leafs first round exit, who cares? Montreal uh making draft gaffes, who cares? What the hell is this? What is this? Like I don't understand this team construction and maybe they'll prove me wrong and maybe they're doing a full mark burn. I hope they do. And like they're playing well. I don't know. I really hope they prove me wrong. And I feel bad because I've been going off on the Oilers on my TikTok and I feel bad for Oilers fans. And I have been outspoken to say that the Edmonton Oilers is the only team that I do not like in the entire NHL, not because of the players they have on their team because of their management. And I feel bad for Oilers fans because you want to love this team so much looking at McDavid. You want to go, I'm so proud of that guy, but there's nothing to be proud of yet because the management can't put together anything else. And it's sad. I remember like looking at the moves that Shirelli was making and going, Oh my God, get him out of here. I want Shirelli back. Ken Holland is worse. Yeah. He way, he way worse. Ken Holland is worse. worse than the guy who traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson because because <laughs> Ken Holland lost Adam Larson for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. It, um, it makes me upset. <laughs> the whole the whole team is a bit of a like, it's a bit of a mess. And by a bit, I mean it's a complete it's a dumpster mess. fire. They don't have anything going for them. I don't understand what's going on. Um, we have way too much to cover and not enough time to do it all. Um, I do want to get you out on this one last thing that happened in the hockey world. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, a Vesna winning trophy uh, goaltender, a Stanley Cup champion goaltender, a goaltender that was told inexplicably, I don't know why you would tell him this, but you told him you're going to retire a Vegas Golden Knight, was traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, great move for, for Chicago uh, for nothing. Again, the third time that this has been brought up today, uh, multiple people trading for nothing. Yeah. Uh, he found out on Twitter, which is garbage, but why would Vegas do this for Robin Leonard? Because I like I don't I don't hate Robin Leonard. I mean I do I do a little bit. I think he's a bit of a jackass, but um, as a goaltender, I think that he's okay. Yeah, Leonard's but, a decent goalie. But Flurry won the and you got nothing you got nothing for him and i get it he's an aged goalie but he's on the last year of his contract and you couldn't find a team to give you anything for him and i wouldn't be upset at it if a it wasn't flurry because everyone in the nhl loves flurry but if they took that because seven million dollars of cap space right now is very valuable if they took that cap space and they did something useful with it, like get a first line center, I would be K. Okay. All right. If that was your major plan all along, if they then went out and they traded 
like if they flipped a couple of players, a couple of young kids and picked up a, a first line center, I'd be like, all right, I can get with this because it makes sense. But they, they traded didn't. for they traded for Dadanov for five million. And, and then, then they, they signed, signed Sven Barshi and Braswa yeah. and they re-signed uh Yanmark. Yeah, Braswa, good goalie, good backup goalie. I would trust him to be my backup goalie and play 20 games. He can play 20 games. Robin Leonard cannot play 62 games. No. I, I don't think. And no, he, can't. <clears throat> he can't play 62 games and get you the same amount of points that Flurry would have for this year. And it's like, I, I don't I don't understand what the game plan there was because I'm looking down the middle and they still have William Carlson as their best centerman who plays on the second line and Chandler Stevenson is going to be their first line center again. Which and is it's a problem. Not, it was a problem in the playoffs. Enough. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was exposed <clears throat> by a gritty, uh, fast Habs team that yeah. beat them down. So Chandler um, Stevenson, not to take anything away from him, is a great center. He's a great third line center because yeah. he's fast, he's creative. And I really do like what Chandler Stevenson brings, especially for 2.75. Like nothing wrong with Chandler Stevenson at all. No. The issue is he's not a first line center. Yeah. And they still um, don't have one. No, and they won't. Uh Dougie Hamilton uh signed the biggest deal of the day, of course. We don't really need to get into it. Good luck in New Jersey, Mr. Hamilton. Yeah. Um <clears throat> where can the people find you and ask you all these questions? I know I've mentioned it a few times, but <laughs> So uh, I'm on TikTok at Amateur Analyst. I'm on Instagram at Amateur Analyst 1. I'm on YouTube at Amateur Analyst. I'm Amateur Analyst on everything. Um, and as far as reaching out to me, I'm super friendly. I answer a lot of, a lot of comments. Uh, and I still have all of my notifications on TikTok on. So my phone just consistently goes bloop. <laughs> and I love it. It's a ton of fun and I really enjoy making content. Um, so definitely go check me out on there. Um, I don't know if you'll want me to do this, but I have a podcast of my own in the works right now. I know I was talking to you after the show last week about it, yeah. but it looks like things are starting to fall into place for me. So that might be a new endeavor on the horizon is uh, I might be starting my own thing. Uh, nothing finalized of yet, but I've got a couple of guys who are interested in co-hosting with me. So that'll be exciting. And uh, that's basically it. <laughs> nice. So we'll definitely keep an eye out for the podcast coming again. If you're looking for Zach, find him uh, largely on TikTok at amateur analyst. But like you said, uh, all the socials on YouTube as well. Thanks for doing this again, Zach. Of course. Thanks for having me. And that does it for this week's episode of the Armchair Commentary. I'd like to thank Zach for taking some time out of his day to discuss the free agent moves that happened and what we've seen going on in the offseason. Check him out on TikTok at Amateur Analyst, and he's at Amateur Analyst on all the other socials as well. If you aren't already subscribed and you made it all the way to the end of this episode, I'd plead with you, please hit that sub button, like, share, comment, let me know, talk about it on the socials. I can't stress this enough. I appreciate everyone dropping by and taking a minute of their time to listen to any episode that I've published over the last two plus years. It has been a crazy day in the world of sports. We have MLB free agency or trade deadline happening right now as well. And we'll get into that as well. Can't wait to do it again next week. Thanks for dropping by. Stay safe.